0: Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Hey, man. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Um, <clears> hey. <throat> yeah. What's going on?
1: Starting off timid today.
0: Um, yeah,
1: I don't know. It's very bright here in uh, Calgary. It yeah, you just snowfall. Uh,
0: you just showed me with your view. Yeah,
1: I'm watching a little uh, little bird pecking at pine cones in the snow right now.
0: And, when you um, when you showed me your view, it kind of felt like you're trapped in a ski trip. It's like
1: I live in a ski trip. Yeah, so. like
0: you you took a ski trip and then the airline uh, went bankrupt and there's no way back.
1: Mm. Yeah, because people a lot of people do travel or take trips to this area of the country in the winter for the winter wonderland that it is. But you're yeah, but I live in it.
0: yeah but how do you feel about the toronto and where you are now and living in different places
1: uh Uh, i i enjoy it because i like novelty um because and i'm starting you know you start to anytime you move to a new city you've moved a few times yeah you you start to uncover some favorite places you need some friends some routines it takes a while
0: yeah i've never when i moved i was never with a partner when I moved to New York, I met Christina and then, but so the way you guys moved as a couple, I've never done that. And Mm. so I've always had that thing where I would move to a place and it's maybe half a year of preparation of visas and whatever. And it's a lot of anticipation and excitement. And then I know the feeling when you get there and it's like, oh, now it's real. Now I have to find my way. It's no longer just like this fantasy and it's Kind of a lonely feeling in the beginning and you have to I don't know mm-hmm. how it because you guys went as a couple so maybe it's less of that but
1: I mean certainly I mean it was very lonely for me and so much as like I got here and then I was like bedridden for two months yeah. I couldn't even see people if I wanted to not ideal uh, not ideal but now I'm starting to get out and get you know see new places you know try you know is this pizza better than that pizza is yeah. this a better cocktail place or and, know, and are you thing.
0: making friends? Yeah, I
1: made some friends here, joined a local artist-run center, the board of uh, M-Media, which is like a media arts center. Oh, cool. Um, there you go. Yeah, so already dealing with that's the your church. politics of yeah, artist-run centers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's my church, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but that's a, yeah, I, I mean, anytime you're an artist, you I You just feel walked
0: like... in and everybody bowed to you and they're like, oh, dear famous media artist, please show us the way.
1: I mean, definitely not. But there was already a few people that I knew here. Yeah, just like you—you you probably know at least one person in, you know, like fifty percent of cities or something, just from being an artist. But I think also being an artist gives you permission to walk into any city and say, "I'm an artist," and what's going on? And and there's an arts community. We've talked about that before. Yeah,
0: and that that could be the same if you play tennis or any interest. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where's the tennis court? Yeah, so I mean, just having a hobby—and I don't think of it as a hobby—but having something that you're passionate about puts you in a, I think, an advantage yeah. position. Yeah.
0: And and then you do you have a lot of dinners with other podcasters?
1: Not with other podcasters. I did do another podcast this week though, we, uh, which we were just talking about. Yeah. Wh- which uh, one? It was like a UXR podcast. Oh. A okay. UX rundown. UXR rundown or something. Um, but it, you know, like user research, very different from this, but my yeah. day job.
0: I, I always uh, you, think about like a podcast, we we set it up a certain way and we record with Skype, we each have a mic, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We don't do much social media specifically, nothing specific to the podcast.
1: Yeah, All we do is yeah. like, hey,
0: here's a new episode, but other podcasts are like, they have a youtube channel as well and they put clips of of the highlights on instagram as a story and etc yeah and i think nowadays there's a lot of services where it spits out all the social media assets with highlights and maybe the ai is like oh this was an interesting bit you should share and
1: yeah that's the that's definitely what everyone's building into their products yeah if either they have it or they're planning it but because but then of, it, yeah um, i I, yeah. I
0: mean this is an ongoing thing that i always think about is like is it great to not worry about that stuff and just keep plowing ahead with the the work itself or you know what i mean
1: yes i do i mean yeah. the if you build it will they come question is a common one yeah personally like as an artist and then working as a, in software it's a bit of both like if if you don't build something of any value or if you don't focus on the quality or consistency as we know with this podcast like if we don't do it consistently you know we lose
0: an audience so but, consistency seemed to really pay off if, when we did it i believe
1: in continuous improvement right kaizen which means literally in japanese change is good yeah, yeah um and i think change meaning like a little bit better each time or a little bit different experimentation continuously that's my personal but philosophy it, on life. i mean but,
0: the the thing i talked about with you is that I would have imagined if Andy Warhol had done a podcast, it would be the laziest execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, this the same way, you know, his uh, screenies where he would just take an eight millimeter piece of film, which was yeah whatever eight to twelve minutes, and just turn it mm-hmm. on and leave and let the person just hang out with the camera. Yeah, so it's very raw and it's not mainstream and all that stuff. it's a, I thought it would be fun to do a podcast that's all just. Phone conversations with people and like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Da da da. But it's when complicated. I when I hear people on other podcasts being interviewed on the phone, I it's very hard to keep your attention.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, the quality matters.
0: Uh, Was well, it <laughs> it like to me? I zone up when the quality is too high and when the quality is too low. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there are those podcasts that are very edited, and then they have guests over the phone, but they edit them with maybe. A musical instrument to distract a bit about uh, how mm-hmm. bad the quality is and, and cutting and and then we split so you have like a voiceover sort of interjecting da, da, da. when it's too edited I zone out or tune out or whatever you mm. call it
1: right? I feel like though like you know if you take like um, television for example HBO made a name for itself over out of like improving on the quality of daytime television yeah. as an evening almost movie going experience right because there was a huge production gap between movies and television. And then HBO was like, what if we closed that gap slightly and charged a premium for it?
0: Yeah. And now that's yeah. kind of like
1: the standard television model, right? Um, unless you're Netflix and you're just interested in churning out <laughs> food game shows. Yeah. <laughs> like 25 different dating shows. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what Netflix is doing on that front, by the way. It just seems like totally counterintuitive to... Um, to what people are asking for yeah. or looking for, and, and <laughs> whatever.
0: when you were bedridden, did you listen to podcasts?
1: Um, yeah, well, I, that's all I did, basically. Podcasts and audiobooks, like Audible.
0: And and uh, which podcasts?
1: Like, some of the ones that would cheer me up were, like... There's one called Smart Lists, I think I've mentioned before. There, but then I would listen... I l- I've always loved 99% Invisible. It's like a design podcast. Um uh, pivot because i like business you and i both listen to that one yeah um, but
0: pivot is an example where the, the the sound quality is adequate but not too produced so it's still they interrupt each other you hear them doubting when they're making a sentence it, it yeah you know like smartless it, is the same way actually. If, if you mm-hmm. cut it up too far then it feels scripted or artificial and yeah you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, 95% Invisible is like the one polished one. I used to like those ones like This American Life, all these polished ones, but over time, I prefer conversational.
0: Yeah. But a pivot and some other podcasts, and then I would subscribe to Kara Swish's podcast and then to mm. Scott Galloway's. And before you know it, it was like every morning I was listening to them. Mm-hmm. And it's very repetitive. They're like, these companies yeah, the are bad. Place. They're merging, they're, they're monopolies, they should be broken up. Da da da, Elon Musk is a bad guy, da da da. They it's call like,
1: that a platform. It, like that's their platform. Yeah, right? which is
0: fine, but once every two weeks is probably enough. And every <laughs> more than that is just repetition. And so yeah. I tried to tune it out and I unsubscribed to everything. So my mornings were a bit quieter. Mm. And I would listen to music instead, and I was like, "Oh, this is better for my brain." And then, yeah, and then I caved. I'm like, a little bored this morning. Let's listen to an episode. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I like listening to books though, because then you get like, um, yeah. usually it's like eight hours. It's probably and, better for your brain. And it's yeah, and there's a little bit more there, um, and different points of view. But um, yeah, it's interesting because like you're right, those podcasts are repetitive for the sake of like did you building. hear what elon
0: said oh my god yeah
1: yeah it's true they never change yeah um yeah yeah i don't know i mean but you know in, t- in terms of today's topic do you want, it, it does kind of beg the question like do they even enjoy like reco- like why are they exactly even doing it? yeah you yeah know?
0: yeah i mean it, i think there are very easy media tricks where you create scandal and excitement and panic and uh, mm. and it maybe one of the strategies is you create fear and then offer a solution.
1: Hmm, yeah. I mean, that's like the the conservative talk radio. And you could probably actually find the same thing in liberal talk radio, too. I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, okay. Can you believe what the these evil the
0: companies are doing? Mm-hmm. But why don't you follow me and I'll help you?
1: Again, I would say that's like a platform but that's borrowed from politics right like that you would repeat yourself and start to define an enemy and and it came from branding too right the concept of a challenger yeah, so brand who is our about enemy? This. yeah so a challenger brand strategy but starts who, what's with our deciding on who's the enemy yeah and then you build a platform against the enemy
0: what's our platform
1: you and I, yeah. Well, this is the thing I was about to say. Like, we're not that much different. We kind of repeat ourselves. Yeah. Uh, for anyone. Well, who's that's.
0: I started to worry, but when I was listening to Pivot, I got annoyed that they're always talking about the same stuff.
1: Here's my my point of view. If we're doing anything well, uh, would be that you have slowly come toward me, <laughs> and I've slowly come towards you, and eventually, though, that if we were to become the same, it would be very boring because uh we would just say the same thing yeah you know back and forth yeah so but what if we, we have different what if we
0: go towards each other and then pass each other and we switch
1: Ooh, yeah i think that's happened a few times yeah. where i've like I, I won't say when but where i'm like wait a second i just i think i just made Raphael's argument for him <laughs> how did that i, know, I know yeah um, so th- like me me being rude to the sales clerk the other day and then i had I had one of our listeners yeah. reach out and say, I don't think you're being rude at all. I was like, oh, no, I've crossed.
0: You've stepped outside the overturn window. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, yeah, so the, this week's topic is, uh, well, Fun. it came in from a, yeah, but did a listener send it? A, it was a listener question, wasn't it? It was
0: a question from Jesper Norbeck, and I think... Uh, We've heard from them before that there was a field recording and maybe another question, I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But this question was the topic of fun and talking about fun and how do you make sure you don't get bored in your own work? Is fun important? Yes or no? Questions like that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah,
1: I mean, that's a big topic. Where do we begin? I mean, first of all, we're kind of leaning into, is this podcast even fun? I don't know if that's why we started in the first place. I think we liked talking to each other. Um, and so that was fun. And then I look forward to it personally. Yeah, I, I think it's did.
0: nice. I, I think definitely the the lockdown made it even more relevant because you you came to New York quite often before. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, it was a good way for us to connect through that. I mean, we were trying to watch movies together, which may, you know was maybe a hit or miss on the <laughs> audience side if you look at the numbers, but. We had fun picking movies and just like well, it, just to and, keep the ball rolling. But
0: that's a that's a good point. Like when you look at numbers, but do you do you ever have numbers influence your choices in what you feel like doing? I feel like numbers get in the way of fun a lot of the time.
1: So, so I mean, I'll say that you and I look at the podcast numbers almost never. Like everyone, every few no. months, I'll be like, Hey, uh, last year we did worse than the year
0: before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah or the fall was like was up for some weird reason um so we're not like plugged in like some marketing team into the analytics um and we're kind well, of well we also floating. are not
0: economically reliant on the podcast so
1: that's a that's a really this, good point this I might come that, as yeah.
0: a shock to our listeners but we're not making that much money from this podcast
1: we're definitely losing money i i yeah. pay the 99 nine dollar fee but then you do all the work so yeah i think it evens out <laughs> take <laughs> more than $99 worth of work. Yeah, um, yeah But like uh, making money, I've talked to Kristen about this before because for a long time she was making very little money and working very hard. She was a PhD student and she would be like, I'd be like, hey, like, why don't you learn to like enjoy your work? She's like, how dare you? Like when you're barely able to survive, um, it's not, you know, no matter what you're doing, it's not fun because you have this anxiety kind Can of hovering you over that? you. Yeah, I think like, you know, if you feel like you're being taken advantage of in your work, um, it's hard to find uh, anything positive and it kind of hangs over you because... I
0: I think uh, uh, the older I get, the the thing that I realize is the outside world has very little to do with fun. It's just your attitude. Like, I think you could be picking up garbage and having fun. And I know it sounds terribly privileged, whatever, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. But I think... It's the chicken or the egg question. If you have two people with the same job, like not a terrible job, not a great job, just medium, mm-hmm. like a uh, w- building has a doorman and some of them are very grumpy and some of them are very s- smiling and they get good energy back because they're having fun. Sure. But to them, the day was fun. And to the other one, the day was very difficult. It's a... The, the, this question of like how dare you i'm i'm in the this precarious uh position and uh, uh etc but i think f- i'm saying fun begins within not not outside well
1: there is a maslow's hierarchy of needs so like you know some kind of food and safety is probably necessary um i'm not to say that you can't yeah, but uh, while you're starving. Kristen death, is but...
0: not kristen is not uh, food insecure no, that,
1: that's that's true yeah um i just mean that like if you're struggling it can be hard to see the the positive and, and obviously like i work in techs and so if we were to reframe it in, in tech like people earn like very good incomes and can sometimes be miserable um well there's it, that.
0: It, it, I, i'm yeah. just it, it's very hard for me to say anything without maybe people being annoyed that i'm privileged whatever but it mm. seems like i had more fun when there was less money
1: well, you were also younger, yeah. Which is like, but there's the this
0: there's weird thing where there's less responsibility, there's less money, and you might be poor, but you're a student, so everybody's poor, and it's okay, and everybody's like, let's go and have a good time, and we don't we don't need to reserve the best of the best of the best. We just we can sit on a box outside and drink beer, and we'll have fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Daniel Pink says, um, there's only three things that motivate people, and none of them are money. Uh, the first is autonomy like the you know some control over your own destiny which when you're very young it's your first experiments with autonomy right like oh look I I don't have to ask if I can have sugar cereal or not I can buy fruit loops right and then the next is like um, mastery like over some sort of craft the ability to like study something and so when you're young you're usually studying to become something so there's like infinite possibility and then the third is purpose like you know, having some meaning greater than uh, getting to the end of the day. And I think when you're that age, you're also kind of searching for purpose, or you're starting to be introduced to different, like world philosophies, like in your case, maybe it was like, you know, some sort of Zen Buddhism or something like that. I don't know, I'm making assumptions. about you, But like, you have those first encounters with major world philosophies. And it's kind of why,
0: why, right? why do you always talk about the outside world and not your own world?
1: Uh well I was talking about just like relatively speaking yeah. I can talk about myself but yeah. in my own experience Yeah I'm just those, curious those because I guess because you
0: studied sociology and then you you see humans as a fabric and not as individuals
1: Yes I see them as little interlinked chains Yeah, in a, yeah. <laughs> in a giant quilt No no but it definitely for me too like I was introduced to video art at that age and it kind of blew my mind I, you know I wasn't aware of the in the in all of the theory behind it the craft of it um and then the autonomy to make something like as an artist to make what and to leave a mark like make something no one ever made before that was very that was very fun like and by the way I was talking about motivation but motivation and fun like you could say like you know some people will say fun it's just doing something for the sake of it but actually for me anyway fun is like doing something for with those three things in mind uh quite often when I look back um what is it for you uh, yeah uh, and yeah.
0: i mean definitely the thing you talk about where you discover a form or an avenue and you're like oh not that many people are following this mm-hmm. this corridor is not so crowded let's go walk into it mm-hmm. and it's exciting especially oh there's a door it's it's open and there's a lot of space behind the door but th- there's hardly anyone there yeah
1: yeah yeah like it's your first introduction introduction to a subculture usually as well in that yeah in that kind of age group now like can you, ha- as an adult though, like I'll just counter argue, like I'm having, even though I just had my eye problem and stuff and I'm working, you would, you'd think I'm working in a stressful job with medical setback. I wouldn't be having fun, but I actually find it extremely Well, enjoyable. That's my point
0: that you, I think uh, you could be dropped anywhere. and You would find a, a side of it that's positive and make the best of it. And, uh, that's that.
1: generally what I'm known for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, personally, like in my family and among my friends. But. Yeah. You're, and you're saying it's maybe not typical, or is it like, are people?
0: I don't know, but it's it, it, uh, to the question of like, is fun important? It, I think it comes from within. That's my point.
1: Mm. This, someone shared recently um, uh, this story of the Zen gardener. Have you ever heard of this before? Uh, like, it's a it's a story of this 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 like uh, I guess a gardener or farmer, and he's in Japan or whatever, and like some something bad happens to him and and the villagers pass by and they're like oh you're so unlucky and he says like oh good luck bad luck maybe none of, maybe neither it doesn't really matter and then like uh you know something good happens to him and they're like oh you're so lucky and they're like, he's like good luck bad luck I'm not sure it doesn't really matter right and like uh and the story accumulates like sometimes the bad luck turns into good luck and for me, like the well, person that, who shared it with that's me, well, that's the like, thing of embracing yeah. change. It's like, oh, yeah.
0: the train is late, but now I read this book. And uh, but I remember mm-hmm. exactly being right. in, in in the train in Germany, which is funny. You think Germany is all about efficiency, but I had connecting trains. I was I arrived two and a half hours later than I should have, but mm-hmm. I made great ideas in my sketchbook that day because I was just trapped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can remember
1: um, my parents would come back from trips when I was young, like travel, and I'd be like, oh, how much fun did you have? And all they would do for the next like hours complain about, well, the cab was delayed and the yeah. flight had this terrible food. I was like, did you have changes. any fun on this trip?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> um, I, I, I remember so my, my stepfather, maybe two years ago, he flew with Ryanair, which you should know better at that age. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And so that couldn't, he couldn't resist the deal, the ticket was yeah. so cheap. So they go there, and his he's always proud proud that he uh, has very little luggage, so his luggage is uh, small carry on. And they're like, well, it seems it's eight hundred grams overweight. You have to charge <laughs> you twenty five euros. And so he had to pay. He talked about it for four months continuously. <laughs> what an injustice! And these companies and da 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 da. Yeah. And he's definitely not in a spot where that amount of money is meaningful.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the most fun flights I've ever taken is a Ryanair flight. Oh, there you I go. Because well, I love that they you're, just you're like, there's no dude. seat assigned seats. It's like <laughs> yeah. bum rush. You just like <laughs> rush the plane. It's like a mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, it's like a party. And then like everyone on the plane was just like, they were teenagers basically, Like, and they had been partying in Berlin. So they had all their like dance clothes on, like their party clothes. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. I thought it was funny. But. Um, but I it, find a lot of things funny. One, one of the
0: things with art making and fun is that um, it seems that the way art is taught and the way curation works and the way mm. institutions work is very conversational and it's a lot of decision trees. And so fun is not the core mission of the museum. And so mm-hmm. everything from that down is is passed on and there's a certain attitude and expectation of art making. So... You're not taught like, OK, if you talk to a curator, wear a clown's nose, uh, bring some sound <laughs> effects because they love to laugh. And this like
1: it's like Paul McCarthy. though. Yeah. 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 I mean, but within but so yeah, certain the, box. Yeah. Okay, but the, right? the
0: tone of art and critiquing, group critique, all these things yeah. at art schools.
1: Yeah, it's like we were talking about last week, like uh, funny or humorous artwork kind of gets put in a box yeah. um, of like not serious. What's well, a taboo? Yeah. Yeah. I think it has something to do with art having low self-esteem as a, just as a yeah. category in yeah. the world
0: um, and but always the, having to prove no, itself but the, as valuable. There is one argument is that um, comedy doesn't age well often. So jokes mm-hmm. 10 years later are not that funny. So if the work is purely funny and there's uh, no timelessness to it, art is on a longer timeline. So that's an argument against... Uh, art that just has a punchline and once you get it you're done and Mm -hmm. and so that I do understand but the fun aspect of like a child making a drawing and it's like why did you put sparkles on your drawing because they Mm -hmm. sparkle it's great I love sparkles Mm -hmm. and then in art school you're taught to say but why, but why, but why, but why? Well, because the sparkles represent the tears of humanity, da, 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 da. <laughs> And so...
1: Yeah, fun, you, like you joy have to add, or joy you for have to, sake. Y- yeah.
0: You learn about justification. So you, you have an impulse, and I might call that the fun part. That It's just your interest, your your, your being has an interest, and you're trying to follow that, that interest, and it's at the subconscious level. Mm-hmm. But then you're taught to justify everything to defend yourself. Yeah. And I think being free means that you feel free that you don't have to do that, that you are just like a child and you say, this is where my head was going. I'm not in control and I'm just going to follow it. And
1: I mean, I think ironically, that's like, uh, if you look at like artists like Pipilotti Rist, they've been celebrated for that free spiritedness. Right? Yeah, like, but
0: it takes a lot of time and confidence to get there. Mm-hmm. But it's right. a chicken yeah. or the egg question because maybe she was always that way and people accepted it because it was intoxicating and mm-hmm. most other people feel defensive they're like well I made paintings of flowers but I know flowers are kind of naive so I, I learned to say all these things around it and maybe well, I think
1: one of the challenging things is like when as you, when you're younger like and I think it's there's a bit of ageism built into the expectations and maybe it's not intentional but it's structural but like among young artists, we look for that, like, freedom and joy. And then as artists age, it's like, okay, tell us the grim story about how you, yeah. you survived this difficult setback. Um, and so, like, you know, youth and beauty and joy yeah, yeah, and yeah. fun, it's all kind of like, well, you know, Virgin Mobile presents. Um, and that, then later... Yeah, it,
0: it goes back know. to a previous episode about NFTs, because if you allow fun and spontaneous, then anyone on Deviant Art you are like, what's your press release? And it's like, fun. And fuck everything else. Mm-hmm. And so then there's no realm of discussion. It's, it, it's just this personal interest of an artist. And then you get to the hobby sphere where everybody's just having fun. Mm-hmm. And you want to distinguish yourself. You're like, I'm a professional. I'm not a hobbyist
1: yeah no no i get it and i but i think i think embedded in there like if i'm gonna tease this out like if you think about it like old people who wear bright colored glasses and polka dot clothes you know or whatever um they end up being celebrated at a certain point like they survived the grueling grindstone like florida
0: old people like yeah, like
1: they, they've found a way to have fun despite it all. And then yeah. that gets on 60 Minutes. And that's like, brave, but in, if, if you're in, able yeah. to have fun at that age. Yeah. yeah, In between, for some reason. Now, whatever what I've experienced, like even in corporate culture, is that fun is actually a very powerful um, way of connecting people uh, like and creating vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, like, you know, because it means be looking foolish, quote unquote, yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or but, but, being open to failure. But I
0: think both of us also... We like having fun within our work, but then we're not really comfortable in the normal settings that are fun and like getting drunk, no, that's true. going to an opera ski party. is like, I'd rather, yeah. you know, I'd rather die. So
1: like I had an HR discussion yesterday, like on the weekend and I was, I shared at the end of the call, I was like, thank you for sharing this amazing puzzle with me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, like, <laughs> it, the word puzzle is funny because I think we both did puzzles on New Year's Eve and I was like, that's the workaholics way of having fun. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, task I don't, uh, oriented and, if we were to yeah. try
1: and break down fun, it's so funny because right before the call is like, you know, mandated fun is like the, you know, the, the most kind of reviled thing. Like if you try and describe yeah. fun, it of Yeah, like my, my
0: family lives in Rio and every year for Carnival they make sure they get out of Rio because that's not fun.
1: Yeah, but you know why is that? Why is it that as soon as you try and force it, it suddenly evaporates It's like a quantum I know. stage or something I know. Uh, the, the only like environment cat. that's
0: that's fun like uh, obligatory fun, mandatory fun it, I like stand-up comedy so I don't some people can't stand stand up comedy because mm. it's set up. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, you have to laugh right now, but I, I just love it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but and like, about about fun and art and all this attitude, it, of course, I have a serious side and I, I, I explore different things, but not just the haha. And I was watching Seinfeld on Netflix and then I flipped to HBO and I was like, oh, let's watch uh, Solaris by Tarkovsky based on the mm-hmm. Stanislav Lem novel. And I've seen, I've read the novel a few times. It's one of the best. Yeah. And I'm watching the Tarkovsky and it's just all these discussions of like, even the title sequence was just Mm -hmm. Cyrillic letters, times Roman, black background, white type, very slow and like violin music. And just like, this is serious. This is Mm -hmm. serious. And you think like, oh, it's very deep. That's, that's common. Like if you review Tarkovsky, it's like very deep and philosophical. And then you watch Seinfeld and that's the surface level. But I'm like, Seinfeld is much more real to me. Mm. I didn't live in in Russia in the seventies, so it's this whole thing about like oh the pain of humanity and our emotions and we are all tortured souls and illusions, and the reality is a fabrication and all these things yeah, I think fun and is
1: associated with a sort of animalistic primal hedonistic. Like out of control yeah yeah, versus, yeah. yeah. and so the, yeah.
0: the I think we have a tendency in, in high culture to say that anything that is solemn... If you th- yeah, that's if you how think- you get your Academy Award, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get the Academy Award for Zoolander.
1: By the way, I saw a great movie last night, but definitely the most solemn movie you could possibly watch um, by Sarah Polly called Women, Women Talking. I went out to the movies for the first time here in Calgary. Oh, But really it's about these Mennonite Mennonite women that were like raped on mass in, um, and it's an allegory, but it's based on a true story in Bolivia or whatever. And, and then it's them kind of talking about what should they stay or should they go? And then the the process of talking through like building a new society or leaving the society you're in. I mean, it's a really good movie. Yeah but the most solemn content. Now that said, but that the reason said, I bring yeah. it up is that there's throughout it, there's peppered fun. They actually break down laughing. And then at one point there's a really biting remark. I just want to share, which is one of the characters says to the other, I've often thought that laughter is very close. It, if people didn't hesitate to cry that laughter and s- sobering, like sadness, like, like just, raw emotional tears are not far apart
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's kind of involuntary both
1: yeah you can't fake it yeah oh. but it's more acceptable to laugh than to cry publicly and so we often but in
0: laugh. art school it's not acceptable
1: mm, to laugh
0: yeah, yeah. The, the art world has a specific kind of humor that is like socialite rich people laughing style <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh so good to yeah. see you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh darling yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's the uh, yeah, like the outlandish, you know, fashionista that comes in with a big hat on. Oh, it's yeah. Peter again with his large hat. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> what a twist up. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely yeah, been in those situations. I mean, I've always made fun work, and even when I made serious work, I try and make it fun. Yeah. Like I have a work right now up that's about and you do the same. I have worked up right now about um white privilege and capitalism yeah, that's, <laughs> but it's intentional it's all the intentionally time. My, it's intentionally. but yeah that's your brand right yeah. <laughs> but i did it as a series of snapchat filters cuz i thought it would be more fun yeah <laughs> but no
0: it, to to yeah. me fun is um making work is not necessarily fun it's when i sit down to sketch i don't call that fun it's fun when you discover something but it might take a week and it's kind of uh, dreadful or like not scary but it's definitely not fun like oh, let's go down this water slide type of fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's different. It's more, there's a well, Your water slide
1: example is interesting because that's like, that doesn't sound fun to me. Like, as a physical risk uh, uh, at this point. I, like, I love water slides. but Sounds yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous to my eye.
0: Well, or a tasting menu at a restaurant that you've been wanting to try. Whatever, that type of fun that there's no pressure. And like creation, there's always a pressure of like, oh, will mm. I find a good idea this week? Or am I a piece of shit? Like that that discussion that everybody has when they're working,
1: and you and usually people. lose that battle, and it's like you're a piece of shit, right? No, I, mean, I a usually lot of find something. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but a lot of people, I think, end up choosing the the latter. It's yeah 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 yeah, and so that's a huge that's risk not, But yeah. the
0: the point I'm making is that to me, fun was always the autonomy of creating things on the internet and just having way less pressure than in other forms. Yeah. Yeah, and for me and that, personally, that, that to too. me, so the fun is not that everything you explore all the time is so much fun, like smoking weed or whatever that you want to do. It's a different thing, but just this feeling like, oh, I have this zone where I can do whatever I want. That is a fun thing. But someone shared with me recently, like
1: and I was and I was trying to channel a team on on something at work, which which was like, um, if it's not exciting, it's not going to be fun. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, what's excitement and why is that true? And you know what I've noticed is a lot of times people will be like, well, they even if I did, if it was if it was fun, it, a, I would be accused of like yeah. not being serious. And well, B, exciting like,
0: is a great word yeah. because exciting can be scary, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's not a guarantee that it'll be fun, but there's a high chance of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, if we pull this off, you're I'm sure you'll feel fun. Yeah. I mean, it, in my life experience, the most ambitious, kind of crazy things that I've taken on, And many of them have have ended up not being so fun or failing, but the ones that have, I would mark as like my proudest moments have been extremely fun for their ambition alone. The fact that they were so bold and, um, you know, like it's not always small gestures. Sometimes the big gesture can also be fun. And I think that's one thing. It's hard to convince people of at the beginning of a difficult project. Like, this is going to be fun. And I'm always trying to convince yeah. them. Like, believe me, once we get going, like, down the road, it's going to be great. But it's, there's a huge, um, like, it's a huge weight that you need to lever of fear and anxiety um, before you get there. And, and so the, and, the bigger yeah. the project, the bigger the fear and anxiety. The, it's not. Gonna but
0: be the, back to the autonomy argument that yeah. on the internet, I would put websites not having any expectation. It just had fun making them. But yeah. then some people would respond to some works more than others. And the difference between what I thought was exciting and what the audience thinks was exciting could be very different. And that's really fun, too, seeing the response of the work and why does one work resonate more with, with people than another one? and all I that mean, just looking that,
1: at you from the outside, like yeah. over the last couple of years especially, you seem to me as just your friend, as if you're having more fun than you did in the years before yeah, that. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it to me, it seems like you're experimenting more. You're willing to break rules, you know, that you would have otherwise held sacred. Um, and I don't know why that makes it appear. And you also just seem more positive about like, well, I'm going to try this today or this this week. And we're not sure if it's going to yeah, work yeah. out. Yeah, because really things
0: have been working out pretty well. So I guess then you're it's, on a roll. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. <laughs> if
1: like change the tone of that. You're like, we're going to try one more time. And if it doesn't work, <laughs> yeah. it's all over. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. Yeah, that, uh,
0: yeah. You remember Vincent Gallo, the actor? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I and in interviews, he mentioned that he was a painter and he said, I made the most beautiful paintings, but I, I denied the world my paintings out of spite. So I stopped doing
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he made fun of that kind of curmudgeon yeah, 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 hipster kind of tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before anyone else did.
0: Yeah. In the most extreme, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, th- the key thing about fun is is that art making is, is um, you're making something nobody's really asking you to make. And so if you're not having fun, it's very hard to keep going. Like, I think if you're having fun, you'll keep going, even if it doesn't do well, because it's just, oh, yeah, I could watch a movie or make this thing. But if yeah. if, if you're not having fun, I mean...
1: I just think that there needs there's a certain amount of over time maybe trust or safety that needs to be assured that for you to take some of the risks that you would otherwise associate with fun like when we go back to that youthful fun and it's because you're not aware of what could go wrong and so you know yeah
0: and also in the beginning like let's say you, you start a website and yeah or, or an Instagram account and you've had zero followers and then you get three followers it's a great feeling. But mm-hmm. if you have one million followers and you get three extra f- followers, you don't even notice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think even if you build like a team and it's about, you know, you're trying to build trust and like once the team is like, oh, yeah, everyone here has got my back. It's like 10 times more fun because you're no longer afraid about, well, so-and-so is going to think this yeah, and so-and-so going to think one. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, this is a team dynamic thing. That, yeah, yeah. I um, mean,
0: once you get a team, then it's like, oh, we have to make money. Maybe we should I know but I've had fun shift. with
1: teams over the years like I know I that's m- my side of the equation as I build teams right so like um but then you have like, to
0: find funding
1: Yeah you might you need money yeah, yeah. as well yeah I mean I've been in collectives uh, artist collectives and they were fun and then they became very unfun but they became unfun when everyone had different expectations of each other like it was like You know, I don't want to offend so and so in the group because they dated XYZ and like uh And and you've definitely
0: also been in uh, work structures where it was fun for a while and then stopped being fun.
1: Totally. Yeah, I've been in extremely high fun function teams. And 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 the difference is
0: I feel like the difference is if you're making art and it would have been at that level of unfun, but you weren't getting paid you would have quit yeah. that project like a million years before. But because you're economically reliant, then you put up with a lot of unfun.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but work like, can like, be fun. Like imagine that, like, that state yeah. of
0: mind that you were in with your job for, like what was the period? How long did it feel stressful? Like maybe two years? Or?
1: Yeah, like I, I went way, way back at like FreshBooks time. I went through like two years of misery. Yeah, you know, but imagine loss.
0: those two years of misery for a podcast that wasn't making money like yeah that's a good point <laughs> yeah 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 like like, that was, level like every time we recorded no i
1: also had to like cut off one of my fingers
0: yeah <laughs> that's what <laughs> it takes like, really? yeah exactly
1: yeah. um yeah that's what i was saying at the beginning is like there can be a pain and a tall to- pain tolerance relative to survival that like intersects with this whole thing but you're right in that you can have absolutely nothing. Like I lived in Berlin with no job; I was unemployed. Still, look at it as one of the most fun experiences. And I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. Like, but still, I, I I look back and I think, wow, that was fun. I had a bike, and I could like bike anywhere I wanted in the city. And I had great coffee. And and what you made know, you decide to, go to not stay? Well, the the breakup happened, and I felt like oh, I gotta go back and like you know kind of figure things out. I, you know, be with family and friends.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the relationship was in Berlin. Yeah,
1: it was actually that they were, st- they were doing their research in Berlin, but um, we lived in Toronto. I think that girlfriend now lives in Toronto as well. But yeah. um, But I think it's anytime you move city, and this is why I, like when we started, I was like, I moved to Calgary. I actually was more excited than Kristen because I thought it was fun to have like a fresh clean slate with no expectations like no More one life knows space. who you are yeah like I, you can reinvent yourself to a certain extent yeah. like so it's like a rebirth yeah, yeah. Um, and i think it, quite a few people do this like life reset it happens automatically when you're young cuz it's high school and then university or whatever or and so that's every time you you ch- you make that kind of change you have this fun opportunity to reinvent yourself but it's harder and harder as you you know build a reputation as an adult yeah to, like completely change everything
0: yeah 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 and you have if you have kids in school you can't really move that easily and yeah
1: exactly kids really are the least fun thing but i often <laughs> like i don't know about you neither of us <laughs> as children and i often am like oh i wish i had a kid around like that i could joke around with and like just do some like frivolous fun well, that's stuff. why we do the podcast we yeah and then i'm like i better call ralph <laughs> yeah yeah i don't
0: i i have to say that the, the, the last few years maybe it's just this this feeling of economic security that I'm not worried about the uh, my funds going too low mm. but the last two years have just been really fun and I've just having a good time just the daily life and I don't even want to go on vacation well like look at vacation stuff it like ugh, it sounds like a lot of work
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think if you're yeah, I mean, that's great to hear because you were talking about moving to Miami at one point in yeah. the pandemic and you were really searching for something else. But yeah. you have a great setup in New York. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think... Um, I mean, the,
0: the, the cost of New York is not so fun, but
1: uh, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. For the average person, it's unattainable. That's happening here in Canada too, where Toronto and Vancouver... Well,
0: I, I like this quote of um, Franny Leibowitz, And she she said, no one can afford to live in New York yet eight, 9 million people do.
1: They find a way. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it, it, is it um now that you're in Calgary I feel like things are not that much cheaper when you move you just adjust to your budget because you 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 have a way bigger place now. If you got a place that was as big as your place in Toronto, it would mm-hmm. be very affordable.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah like but then it's like um but you, Cost of living intersects with quality of life at some point.
0: Yeah. But so are the groceries cheaper than in Toronto? No, of course not. No. no probably more expensive. Yeah. yeah so I just got
1: back from like an organic grocery store and then I went and bought like bespokely made donuts.
0: So you adjust to your budget. Yeah. It's yeah. just that's what you can afford. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, it's. I, the quality of life though is higher because you can your dollar goes further on the necessities like if all of your money is going towards rent it's kind of hard to have that much fun i mean certainly you can buy like i don't know it's it's really it's
0: funny because um when christina goes out with friends they're like they all have steady jobs so they're used to having a high stress job and then you go for drinks and spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. and then i always go With a friend who's also an artist and he has a MoMA membership so we go view movies at MoMA and because he has a membership they're free and we take the subway yeah and like people with a job they all take Ubers and etc and so I see and I don't drink alcohol so when I go out to eat it's like 20 bucks maybe 30. I went uh, my friend uh, who also has a steady job well-paying and he's like let's go for drinks and he was doing dry January so we just went and we each had Two pots of tea in a fancy hotel, like mm-hmm. really the most expensive place around here, and the bill comes and it was twenty-two bucks for the two of us, and he was well, sharp. You're making
1: a good point, which is that sometimes we assume like it takes money to have yeah fun, and
0: that's that's where it's it's a little bit difficult for me to say because I. Mm-hmm came from a economically secure position, whatever, da, da, da But I know that with very little money, you can have a lot of fun. I just know that for a fact, so... Yeah, I
1: mean, I grew up in a family of five, and so to have fun, my mom, she would buy these industrial rolls of paper, and then we had a long hallway in our house, and she would just unroll the whole hallway as paper. Well, yeah, and
0: that's what's fun, is having a community, so that your family was your community at that point. Talk yeah, about fun, and then, yeah.
1: And then the opportunity just to create all day, yeah. um... So I and, mean, and
0: New York has been really fun recently. Maybe why I sounded more negative a few years ago is a lot of my friends left New York. So mm-hmm. I was here, and maybe four of my best friends were all like, "That's it, I'm out."
1: Yeah, and it's like the ten-year New York yeah, time limit. And now mm-hmm. a
0: couple of them moved back, and uh, more people are coming back. And it there's there was a lot of Web three community. I learned to I, I got to know a lot of people, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's. I would say there's something social four nights a week now
1: but that is a good point which is um you know we talked about solo fun i did to talk a little bit about teams but like fun with friends like if i was to think about the best time like there's certain people that i if i just even am in their presence everything is lighter and happier even if we're complaining it's fun because it's like wow this is like the best next level complaining (laughs) (laughs) it's a bitch fest it's great
0: Um, and there's also that tension between wanting to get work done and having focus and also seeing people and christina works from home so i'm a lot less lonely but for a while she was working whatever 70 hours a week something crazy and she was working outside and so i would have friends and then some friends left and then i was just spending too much time alone and i always noticed if i had lunch with a friend my day was fine and if i didn't my mood would just go mm -hmm. down and
1: no, I think um, if I think about like what I've started to do here in Calgary is like set up coffee dates again and lunch dates and stuff. Or even just like the other day I walked out the door and like went to dinner and sat alone. But even just the act of like going out, being among people, um, is fun, right? Like uh, or at least spiritually recharging. Um, so that's like something. It's interesting because it, in, like you said, as an artist, like so there's a question for you. Um, that's not your process of art making. Like, it's not social.
0: Um, no, but it is motivating when, other, when you hang out with people who are excited about what they're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. And you feel like almost like, do you feel like there's support coming through them somehow? Or it's just like, yeah, or even f-
0: f- like people telling me, like, oh, you should do more. That's not enough. And then mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. stuff like that
1: yeah yeah that's true some of my best friends are like I'll share what I'm doing with them and then they'll be like oh that's cool but it would be even cooler if you did this or that and I'm like and then I'm like no 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 I'm certain this is the thing to do but either way it's still like someone to kind of bounce things around with um, yeah yeah like well, kind it, of toss
0: it's an interesting question because it does feel like I'm hesitant even to say I'm having fun because it's like admitting I'm privileged and there's a I don't know about that. No, but it, it feels that in the art world, there is a sort of taboo on living well and, and saying I'm doing well and so, I'm having fun. It, it, it seems like so much right now is about I acknowledge the suffering of everybody.
1: And then there's burnout, blah blah. But there's a lot of psychology study stuff. I don't want to diminish burnout because it's real, but a lot of it is <laughs> I don't actually. I'm diminishing bullshit, but <laughs> no. But a lot of it's linked to um, a lack of socializing. To your point about like, you know, you notice that if you see a friend, you have like a higher dopamine level. There, social connection. We're hardwired for it, right? So, um, you know, if we've talked about it on the podcast before, if, and it's cliche at this point to the point of cringe, but like. If all of your friend interactions happen on your phone, I still believe like that's there's a social dopamine. You wouldn't do it if there wasn't dopamine and you weren't craving that social yep. connection. Yep. However, the bandwidth face to face is higher. There's just more exchange faster. And so it's, it's also
0: like, the bandwidth face to face can be exhausting. So it's about finding a balance. Because I, I, no, I, yeah, I exactly. like pre lockdown, when people were at the office five days a week and travel for work, yeah. I could see that burnout was very real because it's if if you're a maker and you need some time to focus, but you're in an open floor uh, office space and everybody's asking you questions all the time, I could see that really would drive me insane. And I think different personalities
1: are different, but we yeah. like we just paid for everyone to go v- be together in Vancouver at work, um, you know, pretty significant because we have employees across North America. And I talked to people after I couldn't go because of my eye. So I was like, "What was it like?" And they're like, "It was amazing." We haven't seen each other in three years, right? This is the first time in three years. However, like all I want to do for the next two days, you know, like all weekend long, is is not talk to anyone. Yeah. Kind of like self isolate. And that so. seems
0: the most fun right now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like a bath sounds like pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that context, but I, you know, regardless, there there is like there is science behind it. There, it's not like you're unique in that way. And then there are some people that that don't respond well to this. You know, they're more introverted. Um, and it takes them more energy to have that connection. It's not like the connections can't exist for those people, but they might respond differently, right? And so, um, you know, especially if someone's on the spectrum, they might actually, you know, it might be more joyful for them to work on a difficult problem alone. Well, it's, um,
0: it's not just that it's also... I think anyone who, I I don't know, I've I've never worked with really big teams, but I feel like I know a lot of graphic designers and I know a lot of coders. It seems like most of them are more effective if they can have focus time for at least four hours a day. And so that's the whole problem. I think we had several episodes about people making too many meetings and being unproductive. and and That's very unfun.
1: yeah, we've talked about flow on the podcast, yeah. which is the heightened state of concentration that you get into creatively um, as a coder, as an artist. Well, That's a
0: good point, because it's fun, but it's, it's the same way maybe oatmeal is good for you, but it's not something you crave all the time. What yeah. I find
1: beautiful about flow, and it's kind of cheesy again, but is that time disappears. And so c- the constraints that normally create anxiety dissolve into meaningless You're just describing
0: binge watching.
1: Yeah, but it's like to lose yourself in a moment yeah. to quote Eminem. <laughs> yeah. It's really is really fun, and it's the but what I when I think of that, I think oh, that's the brain letting go of any you know kind of anxiety or yeah. ADHD or OCD issues that are like interfering with its its well, pleasure. Well, you stop questioning.
0: Right? I think yeah. that's the thing if it it's too much questioning at some point it just drives you insane. And and maybe exactly. maybe having fun is e- editing later. Like the or, editing yeah. can can go later so once you turn off the editing function of your brain and start in the writing function and then later you can uh, Exactly cut like out in the bed, dr- in trim drawing you know whatever classes whatever you want to call
1: they it. Yeah. yeah, in drawing classes they often forbid the eraser, right? Because yeah, it yeah. it interrupts your ability to actually perceive and to enjoy and be present I, and i and i know this sounds cliche like it's a zen but we're coming back to the zen gardener right who is just at peace being and, and good and bad will come but you can make good from bad and bad from good and
0: yeah i don't want to tie it to religion but it, it's more well, to zen is not,
1: i don't know if it's religious it's yeah philosophical yeah. we've talked about that yeah before, but,
0: but i prefer seeing it just as a I I think one of the most damaging things is the seriousness of art schools that just takes the mm-hmm. fun out of art making. And I understand where it comes from and you want to expand people's view, but I think they went a bit too far in the serious didactic uh, thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I disagree to a certain extent for me personally, because I have fun with the puzzle part of creating like, you know, social artwork that's both fun and critical. Yeah, but
0: I, th- I think my problem is that in that environment, um, it seems like in, in in the academic art school environment, people are very insecure, and they're insecure about their intelligence. And mm. you get into this intellectual, like, bodybuilding, where you keep showing your muscles, like, look at how many books I read. I'm so swole. Blah, 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 blah. Look at my big brain. And then if someone is like in the corner of the room like oh i'm just drawing flowers it'd be like oh you wimp you didn't even read any books
1: mm-hmm. no i mean it, it's true when someone says i don't or, like or, reading it or, usually it, triggers me
0: in dutch what <laughs> teachers do is there's the diminutive form of a word where you put j-e at the end of the word so mm-hmm. oh you made a little shapey you made a little form. for <laughs> oh you nice little colories you're playing with there yeah and just by putting the the tje at the end of the word immediately just puts them at a lower uh, intellectual bar right even though they it's might simple. be doing something that the teacher is not even even able to do but because yeah, the teacher is like, using um, words and they're like oh
1: yeah and simplicity often is you know harder to do than complexity and so
0: yeah and it's not a matter of what's hard to do but it's it's this matter of 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 this intellectual hierarchy and and authority of teachers and like i will tell you the truth i have the truth and
1: yeah. yeah i mean that is already like the positionality of school is i mean when we started the podcast it was like we because we we believe that there should be like
0: a well this is like a greater discussion format yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah and um and i still believe like in non-hierarchical systems even in management as you know like i'm a proponent of self-management that you get much better outcomes from
0: i always imagine your management style of the what's the name of that catholic whip that people beat themselves with (laughs) i feel like switch no what is it flat flagging yeah
1: oh yeah yeah flogging
0: flogging something like that i've seen it in movies where you like you wear this torture device on your leg as you walk (laughs) like that's your style couldn't
1: be the i couldn't be further from the truth Uh, my my style is the exact opposite which is to try and channel everyone to have fun but by being non-judgmental and like really identifying their strengths and so you not don't shaming them for people their weaknesses. saying
0: i'm a male chauvinist pig please punish me no but a lot of a lot of management
1: historically has been about let's correct the mistakes in this person in my experience that is the most that's the biggest waste of time and energy you could you could possibly like this person is bad make them into a good person yeah. it,
0: uh, well that sounds like a lot how art school works is like First, we have to break you, and then we have to rebuild you. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, and if you take the opposite approach, so here's my, the assumption I come in with, and this is a, it is a Japanese management assumption, which is like, actually, you, you have everything you need. That's why we hired you, and so you're excellent at what you do. And my job is simply to get the most excellence out of you. Um, it's, that's pretty capitalist still, right? Well, it, but it's it,
0: like... it, here's the counter example. My, my friend was in an MFA in a grad school, in, mm-hmm. in amsterdam and i had done undergrad and so i was curious should i do that and i went to visit his studio and he was in a beautiful building and it subsidized. it's subsidized great and it's like oh you have all the resources here it's like yeah oh it's monday they're, they're coming over tomorrow to scream at me and like, every week they would just come scream at you and say you're a piece of shit <laughs> and that was their method it, it, they wouldn't literally say that but they're like why 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 have you read this have you read that that's so naive fuck you blah 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 mm-hmm. and i people put up with it. But you know what? It
1: really helped me in some way. Like I didn't realize this until many, many years later. And like, I think I've shared in a corporate context where Uh, I, when people critique an idea, I never take it personally. And I think that's part of the art school method is like, this isn't about you, even though it ends up becoming about you and it's horrible. Like, um, but you should, you know, you shouldn't be so attached to uh, who you are or what you made. I still to
0: this day, like I'm building my own NFT platform now because I, I love art blocks and all the other ones, but just having that discussion, why is this work better? I don't want to have the discussion. Yeah, no, I get it. yeah.
1: But I think when early on, yeah, there's a whole bunch of problems with it, but I think the one thing you can take away that's just to put my positive spin on it is like it doesn't it, if it doesn't matter, then fine. That means you're prepared for all kinds of criticism that's it's by the way, like I, I was sharing with another artist earlier this week who's just about to set off on like a full-time art career that like hey like the whole the whole world is gonna the signal you're gonna receive is don't do this stop doing it it's foolish yeah and you're gonna have to every morning get up and say you know what world i think it is worth doing and i'm worth it you know like and i don't care what you think the
0: the way i would phrase it is you're gonna work with all kinds of structures and there's gonna be all kinds of judgment and that's fine but you need to have your own Zone where you can make things and leave them and look at them for a while, and there should be a space that not even words can enter. Mm-hmm. That that's my take. That uh, you make things that you can't explain why they are the way they are, and that should be okay. And later on, you can edit and uh, do it. But there should be a space where things are happening without any question.
1: No, I agree. And if you go back to our last episode on taste, like. If like pink squiggles on a teal background bring you joy, um, lean like lean into that joy, right? Like, um, that's kind of I don't like that language, but like, <laughs> do more of that. <laughs> um,
0: spending too much time in the software world.
1: Yeah, exactly. I have to watch my corporate speak that yeah. we did the. Um, but like, you know, that, that's not like th- there's almost like um, you're suppo- there's like an embedded assumption that you should be disgusted at things that you enjoy. But then
0: maybe back to your corporate life, you put up with a job that was definitely not fun for two years, but you were holding on to economic value, or was there another reason? No,
1: it wasn't that. It was that I had had invested almost 10 years of my life into building something. So called the sunk cost fallacy yeah, culture, a product, a custom, like it was at my community and I i felt passionate. But wasn't it, was a it also,
0: purpose. there were financial, there was a financial upside on the horizon and you were waiting for that.
1: that That's true. I had like stock options worth Yeah, millions, and so that's um, the
0: psychology mm. of, of how companies work, how people get to do things that are not fun. Like first they tease you, they give you a salary of a certain amount and you adjust your lifestyle. So mm-hmm you yeah, like, I can't leave now. I got a mortgage. But, you know,
1: I, I took, um, for, for those years, I was, I took 80% salary um, in exchange for uh, no judgment on if I was working on an art project or for the company. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it was like a quota, like kind of like a four day week, but the yeah. way it would work out is like, sometimes I'd go away for a residency. Um, sometimes I'd be in the office. And in exchange, you know, they saved hundreds of thousands of dollars over the the time I was there, yeah. maybe millions actually. And no you
0: I were probably that. more effective because of it.
1: In my opinion, I was, yeah, it was extremely effective. Um, it forced me to like plan my life differently. Like, it, actually, the management philosophy I was just telling me about, like, you you can't be like hovering over people if you're not there. You have to create systems that's you know are self sustaining and autonomous. So I just had to think about everything differently. And still to this day, it's the number one question I get. Is like, how do you balance your work life and like still have time for fun? And I'm like, well, you have to make the, your whole life fun and you have to kind of design well, it that's, in a way.
0: that's the question. It's like, some people you hear, they have kids and they're like, it's so much fun. And other people are like, oh, it's just so much <laughs> it's responsibility. A and it, it really depends yeah. on who you it's ask. It's a one-way
1: door decision, though, right? It's hard to change that. Yeah, yeah. Once but it's,
0: it, it. it's interesting seeing how different people respond to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen people, by the way, like, you know, in corporate context that you would consider probably to be the least possible fun you could ever have, like talking about compliance and, you know, or under crushing pressure or something like that, you know, losing millions of dollars. And honestly, they're like high-fiving and having the time of their life. Mm -hmm. So like different people, that's why I was talking about the squiggles thing. Like some people are actually having fun. And so you can't let what others are doing determine how you, you know what drives your pleasure right like it has to come from within otherwise yeah that's my point. you might end up in a very difficult situation like you said like maybe you don't want to be in the suburbs with five kids or whatever and driving a minivan and but for some people that's like <laughs> literally the most <laughs> fun thing they can imagine yeah like
0: you've made it you you you're an artist with a staff of 20 you have a factory and you're like oh man I wish I was in the suburbs well that yeah exactly that could be like
1: suffocating for yeah. some some person so and you don't get it, you know, you only get a few years on the planet. So like, why pretend or uh, lie to yourself? I think Anyway, you're often like confronting me like, Jeremy, you're lying. You don't enjoy this. But I think actually through our conversations, you and I have both become more self-assured in our decision making, right? Like, I actually do enjoy building teams in a corporate space where it's not my money I'm using to build like a team it's someone else's. I love building software products. I love making art. I love sociology. To your point, I love talking yeah. about people. Um, have you ever done this thing? It's like a corporate thing called Strengths Finder, though. It's like um, by Gallup, and it's like it helps you find your strengths, like what you're naturally you naturally enjoy. Have hmm. you ever heard of it? No, never done it. Okay, maybe I'll send you a link, and you can. I think it's free to do your first one. Um, okay, for our listeners, and then. My top skill if just so you, do you want to know what it is? Or sure. my strength. Yeah. My top strength. It's woo. What's woo? <laughs> it's the ability to like build a relationship with someone else. Ask kissing? Um, is wooing? No. <laughs> no, I mean woo. You might woo a partner. I mean, I guess you could kiss their ass if that's how they respond, but you figure out the way to, to convince them hmm. to like you, basically. Yeah. Maybe it's sales like that in another
0: way. I word. think so, yeah. <laughs>
1: But either way, I know that that brings me joy. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've come to a conclusion, sort of.
1: We, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We we don't make any guarantees on the show.
0: No, we don't. <laughs> Otherwise, you get your money back. Yeah. You have a pretty you fun field recording.
1: You have a fun field recording, though. I think, right?
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, the sound check for the black metal concert. It's it's a Canadian band with a female singer, guitar player, uh, Sortilegia. I don't know how you pronounce it. And, That's uh,
1: Canadian for uh, sore leg, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, it means cozy in Canadian or whatever. But does it? No, <laughs> like hige in uh, yeah hige, yeah, in yeah, Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but uh, thank you for listening, and uh, let's listen to the sound check.
1: Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have fun.